Hello, and welcome to Fighting Over the VCR. My name is Nancy. My name is Matthew. And we are going to talk about a couple of sports-related movies tonight. Yes. Sports. 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 Later in the podcast, I'm going to talk about Jerry Maguire. <laughs> but yes, Matt's, Nancy's going to talk about Jerry Maguire. But Matt's going to get us started <laughs> with Blades of Glory. Blades of Glory. What can't I say about this movie? <laughs> Other than it only speaks as loudly as its stars and what the beauty they put on the ice. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie came out in 2007 and stars Will Ferrell and John Heater as rival <laughs> Olympic skaters, <laughs> figure skaters, who get in an altercation and banned from skating <laughs> until they find a loophole to skate in another division, pairs skating. Now, John Heater's character named Jimmy McElroy, ice skating's little orphan awesome. <laughs> This movie. He come finds he, he with the help of his super fan slash stalker Hector, played by Nick Swardson, finds a loophole that if he skates in the pairs division, he can re-enter competitive skating. Well, in an effort to to try and find a female to skate with him, he can he runs into Will Ferrell's character. Chaz Michael Michaels, an ice-devouring sex tornado. Basically Jim Morrison on ice. <laughs> that is definitely <laughs> the part of, one of the inspirations, but kind of dumb. Jim yeah. Morrison, but kind of dumb. Yeah. And after yet another physical altercation between the two, Jimmy McElroy's former coach, played by coach Craig T. Nelson, <laughs> realizes that Maybe two men skating together could revolutionize the sport. <laughs> this concept may seem ridiculous. It is. It's very ridiculous. It is so funny. And the reason why it is this movie is so great, and I love this movie, is it takes the, the chic and well-structured and, like, purity of the sport of ice skating <laughs> and flips it on its ass. It yeah. is so great. And then, you know, they become a pair's team. They start competing. They have a new set of rivals that are another pair, brother and sister Strons and Fairchild von Waldenberg, played by Amy Poehler, and Will Arnett. And they were married at the time, weren't they? They were married at the time. In real play, life. In real life. But they were playing brother and sister. Twin brother and sister, I think. Yes. Yeah. And um, Pam Beasley, Jenna Fisher, played their younger sister. She's so great. Jenna Fisher's her real name. I know. Pam Beasley from is who office. you think she her name real name is from The Office. But I'm it's watching not a lot of name. The Office right now, so... This movie, I when when the when the trailer came out for this movie, I remember thinking like, that is so just amazingly creative and ridiculous. I have to go see this. Yeah. 
So my wife and I went and saw this in the theater. Mm. I just remember like thinking like, wow, that was a pretty good movie. And then we rented it and watched it again <laughs> and again. And we bought it and we kept watching it over and over <laughs> again. And I just love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it it's- is so funny. I have worked some of the... I mean, there is some amazing comedic writing in this movie. Oh, yeah. From one-liner to one-liner that I have worked into my daily vernacular. <laughs> I mean, I just... There's something about this movie. Like, like it should have made my top ten when I think about it in some ways. What would you have what would you have eliminated to make room for this movie? I don't I don't know. I mean, there's probably Maybe you should have eliminated Lost Highway. Maybe you should have eliminated Lost Highway. <laughs> Nancy. <laughs> I I think I'll get back. I'll I'll get we'll get back to that when when we start talking about Jerry Maguire. <laughs> Jerry Maguire. Anyway, but I just really love this movie. It I mean, from the intro, like the first fifteen minutes of this movie are, you won't, you kind of don't stop laughing. It yeah. is so freaking funny. I can't get enough of this movie. So I watched a ton of ice skating growing up. I mean, you know, we. Oh, um, uh, and did you mom, watch? Did you? Watch mom loved ice skating? ice skating, and I would watch it when when mom was like watching Saturday it. afternoons. Yeah, and, during and the my, Olympics or during the nationals or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was and, definitely my favorite thing and, in and, the Olympics back when we were younger. And we kind of, um, I think, also because of like our age and when we grew up and when it was happening. Living in the Bay Area, we had Christy Yamaguchi mm-hmm. here, so it, it was on TV. And I, th- I think specifically also in our area yeah. it was being aired because people who knew Christy Yamaguchi wanted to be in it. Now, unfortunately, Christy Yamaguchi does not make an appearance in this, but like Brian Boitano, Nancy Kerrigan, um, Peggy Fleming, a yeah. lot of... Scott fa- Hamill. Scott, well, uh, Scott Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. Scott Hamilton. So, Scott Hamilton... Like he does, or did, I don't know if he still does, but like he did um, on TV, does commentary. He does commentary <laughs> in this. And I, he is one of the hidden, him and um, the other commentator whose name I can't remember, their dialogue is like the hidden gold in this <laughs> movie. I mean, it is so great. Well, well, I think because we also, like we were prime ice skating viewers when a lot of the controversy happened. Like I remember vividly like the Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding incidents. And yes. And I think that a lot of the rivalry in this movie is is pulled right out from that. I mean, obviously it's not exactly like Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding because no one hired someone to, whack someone's leg or anything but i mean just they the do. physical violence between Chaz michael michaels and um john Mac- mcelroy jimmy, jimmy McElroy. McElroy. yeah and Chaz michael michaels well the str- the von waldenbergs though they eventually get get dirty yeah and there's at one point where they kind of reference the whole tanya harding yeah. nancy kerrigan thing where they say you know maybe he might have an accident, you know, somewhere below the knee or yeah. above the ankle, yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, ice skating itself, it's a beautiful sport. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. It's amazing to watch people move the way that they do on the ice. But there is 
I mean, it's, there's, it's there's primed a, to be made a, of fun of. There's a stick up the buttness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there's. I I think you get exposed, especially kind of older ice skating from the 70s and 80s. You could say that they probably use more like classical music and things like that. Like that was, it was, it had that sense. And then this movie really pokes fun at that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, especially when Chaz Michael Michaels skates into the rink to stroke me. I... Never. I've laughed. I've never laughed harder in my well, life. Well, so so let's talk about the musical <laughs> choices. Okay, so when we first meet Chaz Michael Michaels, he skates to "Stroke Me," which is a song that I would never really like, but now I love that song <laughs> because of this movie. So this movie has sold me on a song that is not that great, but is fun because it makes me think of this movie. They pick the. The horrible, horrible, horrible Aerosmith song from Armageddon <laughs> to dance to, or, or skate to, and that whole scene is is a great scene, and it's the only time. Like watching this movie is the only time I will purposely have to listen to that song because it's so terrible. <laughs> sorry, people who love that song, but no, I'm not sorry. It's terrible. Um, and then the the last song that they perform to is. Uh, the f- uh, Flash, um, oh which God. is the Flash Gordon by Queen, theme by Queen which is amazing. The whole scene is amazing, and one of the reasons why, like their their skating ability and why they take every everyone by storm, is because it's two men. The idea is like <laughs> they can do things that a man and a woman can't do on the ice, yeah. which has. A little bit of a misogynistic tone, but I mean, one of the it's physics. It's Matt. physics. It's physics. That's right. It's physics. <laughs> but you know, you know, they and they start some controversy by doing this. At one oh, point, yeah. they're they're interviewing people about you know what they think about <laughs> you know this happening, and one gentleman is asked like, like, well, what do you think about it? And he he's holding a hot dog bun with two hot dogs in it, and says. <laughs> What do you think? You think that looks right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is so funny because again, I mean, it takes itself so seriously. Or, oh yeah, yeah no, it, the movie that is the way that the movie is done is so well done because the tone of it is very serious. Like they at no point think that they're being ridiculous, but it's so funny because after one of the best scenes and one of the lines that I I I kind of quote a lot is. They um after they they have announced that they're gonna be a team, it cuts to um Strons and Fairchild watching it on the new you know, watching the report on the news about it. And of and one of the great things about the two of them is they're constantly dressed in outfits that look like skating. Yeah. Um, costumes, you yeah, know, they don't. You're not wa- seeing them in jeans. <laughs> you or never anything, see unless- them in regular clothes. Everything that they are wearing is skating costumes. Well, so they're watching the news, and they they're just in shock. They're like, I can't believe they're making such a farce of their sport. And Strons is laying on a bearskin oh, rug, yeah. stroking the teeth of the bear yeah. that still has the head on. He goes, Man, these guys are just a couple of freaks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Will Arnett is so creepy and silly in this movie. And then um, there's kind of a there's a couple little subplots in in the movie. Jimmy is an orphan mm-hmm. who doesn't really, you know, he gets rejected by the 
the man who the rich man who adopted him who trained who like paid to have him trained mm-hmm. into an olympic athlete and so he's never really had a like a good family relationship mm-hmm. and then chaz you know he's kind of grown up you know in a, in the tough streets of detroit in their underground ice skating scene <laughs> <laughs> and you know at one point during an interview hard life you, if you call a nine year old uh, a nine-year-old with a 35 year old girlfriend you know, <laughs> you know hard, hard and then um and also Chaz michael michaels is a sex addict oh my it's a real disease there's medicine and stuff for it <laughs> Oh, but no, the main, one of the main subplots in the movie, which then gets twisted, is Jenna Fisher's character, Katie, the, the youngest von Waldenberg, starts having a relationship with Jimmy McElroy. Mm-hmm. There's some comic gold in, in some of their scenes and how they hook up and everything. But uh, that gets twisted to try and break the two, the, the pair of Jimmy and Chaz apart. Yeah. Um, Love triangle, you know, to, to a love triangle that is spawned by the von Waldenbergs. So, I mean, there's just there's just so many things in this movie that just make me laugh. And oh it makes yeah, me, I mean, I I put it on, I don't stop laughing. It makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. This is, I'm. It's pretty clear. Like this is my favorite Will Ferrell movie. Yeah, I've never seen a Will Ferrell movie more than this one. Yeah. Um. If I was to rank them, I I can't even think off the top of my head which ones I really like. Um, I like Anchorman. I think that there is a lot of funny things in Anchorman. But for some reason, I can't... I just can't watch that over and over again. And maybe it's his character. Maybe it's... Ron Burgundy. Ron Burgundy. Yeah. Who's? I mean, I don't even. I think I've seen it once. I don't really remember. I don't remember much of it. It's it's definitely funny. I mean, Paul Rudd and Steve Steve Carell. Yeah. You know, another connection to The Office. Definitely like this one more. And then I think the only other one that I've watched multiple times, um, just because it's always on around Christmas, is Elf. Mm. Which which is Mm -hmm. which is pretty. It's it's a good christmas movie some people really love it as a mm-hmm. christmas movie I, I don't think it's bad um it has some funny parts in it i'm not a huge fan of james con in that movie i think the only thing i really like him in is, is misery in the godfather yeah have you seen the other guys with donnie Wahlberg or with uh mark Wahlberg and will ferrell yes i have seen that and i was not really super happy about that movie oh, really? yeah i like i was really that something ha- i was like they they advertised it as also having the rock and samuel L. jackson in it For and like eight minutes and well that's the thing is i was like oh man that'd be awesome that if that, that they're in it and they're only in it for like the opening credits pr- yeah. pretty much um ricky bobby not into that but i'm also not a fan of car racing i haven't seen like the one or two serious movies he's made <laughs> yeah but i think um, he did a movie called stranger than fiction which stranger really than good. fiction yeah i haven't seen that mm, that's um, good you liked it okay yeah. and then um like semi-pro the basketball one never saw not it. i think i saw it once not mm. that great but well as far as will ferrell goes I mean, this one takes the cake for me. I mean, I love the swagger that he that he oh. claims to have. Oh yeah, it's and so I mean, great in the opening scene. Just to kind, of, I mean, you'll see it in the first ten minutes of the movie. But when he first skates, like women are throwing their underwear at oh, him, yeah. I mean, and and there's a 
there's a he he kind of like does the whole like fishing thing and then reels in someone yeah. and he skates towards yeah. a woman. That's an actual like real ice skater, like a professional ice skater um, from like the fifties or sixties that he does that too. It's oh, great. Wow. And then, um, or maybe it was, maybe it was the eighties. I don't want to like make her sound older than she was, yeah. but I'm just. I, sometimes I forget that the eighties were for, almost forty years ago. Yeah, I mean he he does things that you can tell that he's the kind of person that is doing is making choices because he thinks they're cool. Like with all his tattoos, using horse shampoo, mane and tail, mane and tail. <laughs> um, Help yourself to the mane and tail all you want, but don't you dare touch the verticoli. I could not love a human baby more than I love this brush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is he is so funny. I mean, he's the reason I like this movie a lot. And, and you know... Um, and Craig T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson is great. Um, he really kind of takes his character from Coach a little bit and, and, and adds it to this movie. I mean, this is our second Craig T. Nelson movie yeah. um, after Poltergeist. And... Um, he definitely stands out as he's, he's really kind of like the, the third main character in this yeah. movie. Cause he, he's got yeah. tons. Of he's sp- the reason that they're able to, he's the one who in, can see the vision yes. of the two of them together as yes. male pair skaters. And even he has kind of a history, which is kind of funny. He absolutely has a history. <laughs> <laughs> it's just pretty funny. Goes all the way to North Korea. Come on. <laughs> yes. It's the only place that they would ever attempt that that trick. Oh my god! Yeah, this, the, yeah, this movie's so funny. We watched it last. We all watched it together last weekend. I mean, I've probably this was maybe the third time I've seen it in how many? So it came out twelve years ago. I've maybe seen it three times, and I laughed so hard. I she mean, was Nancy was I like was uncon- I, I couldn't stop me. It was awesome. she was laughing a lot. Um, she was very tired, which yeah. I think might have kind of relaxed it might have relaxed you yeah in, in, in a way but i mean this movie brings out the smiles as oh. far as i'm concerned and some people might watch it and be like this movie is ridiculous i can't get into this but maybe those people don't know what funny is i don't know i love this movie <laughs> yeah it i i have a harder time with comedies most of the, like i'm pickier i have a i'm a lot i'm a lot more particular with comedies in general than mm-hmm. um other move and other genres, yeah. But this one is is really for me. I love it. Well, and there's lots of and and so much of the humor is so subtle. Like if you're not paying attention to like some of the things that they're saying, like even like under their breath, mm-hmm. you're missing so much. Yeah, so much. I, again, <laughs> I do think if you've ever had a history of enjoying ice skating, which Honestly, I think, I think until curling became a more popular winter, like an Olympic sport or some of the other flashier Olympic sports. I mean, ice skating was kind of the main star of Olympics, especially especially in the eighties and nineties when we didn't have eight hundred TV channels and thirty eight streaming methods, and when really everyone was watching the Winter Olympics or at least turned them on at some point and. Uh, Ice skating, because there's so many 
different um, different rounds, you know, between the oh. fe- female singles and the, the, the freestyle and then the short program and the long program and the this and the that. Um, there's a lot of opportunity to land on ice skating at some point during the two-week Olympics. Oh, and then there's doubles and ice dancing exactly. and all this kind of stuff. Exactly. There's, so, there's, there's a there's lot so of many, it. There's, there's I think a, it's, also, it's also something that is, like, easy to televise for a winter yeah. sport to where you can watch it and really... Well, because it's in a rink. It's yeah. in an arena versus but it, but it, a mountain sport. But here's the, here, there's a, here's the thing, though, is, I mean, ice skating as a sport is extremely difficult for oh. for anyone to really do. Have you ever ice skated? No. Oh, I, I've I, tried oh, a couple God, of times. No. It, I, is, it is really hard. I can barely roller skate. I can barely yeah. walk sometimes. It is, it is killer. <laughs> it's killer on your ankles. I mean, yeah. it is not easy. Right. So, I mean, that's why I admire ice hockey so much. I mean, oh, the fact yeah. that they have to skate, skate fast, and be able to stop and turn. Oh, and by the way, they hit also have puck. to hit a puck. Yeah. I mean, then you add the... Then you, you take something like that, where you're on ice, and then you add it to, like, where everything has to have, like, flawless moves. But I think that's one of the things that I think is really kind of ridiculous in a, re- in a real life way is the people doing what they're doing when they're ice skating is amazing. They're they're in a performance in, a, in an actual yeah. performance. I would give all of them like the highest number just based on the fact that they can freaking do it unless they fall and rarely do they actually fall. Yeah. I mean, so I think, I think the thing that happens a lot of the time is they're supposed to do like a triple and then a double and something happens and they end up doing a double and a double. Like, or, or, and then, so they get knocked for all these technical points. But I mean, they're moving so fast. Sometimes I also think like, how do, I mean, is it so, it's so, um, the judging of it is so just like, oh, well, I didn't think that person did it exactly perfect. Oh, maybe oh, I'll, no, I'll give, maybe I'll give them a 5.9 instead of a six. Uh, and well, it's just so, it just seems so, it's like, are you freaking kidding subjective. me? It's well, that's super a, subjective. That's the thing. I mean, and I think, um, a summer Olympic sport that fall similar to this would be like gymnastics. Yes, exactly. Um, as a viewer, especially if you're a spectator that doesn't, that's not immersed in the sport, you know, you're just yeah. kind of enjoying it. You're not involved in like, you don't know all the specifics of exactly yeah. everything they're supposed to be. You don't know what to, how to look for the faults unless right. you're listening to Scott Hamilton tell you what they did when they screwed up. Everything looks amazing. So right. what could they possibly be doing wrong? Right. And uh, yeah, these guys, but, but what I think is also great about Blades of Glory is these two characters are so opposite of each other. Oh yeah. You know, you, you have, have very ch- straight laced, Jimmy McElroy, who is like this very prim and proper, oh, yeah. clean cut, elegant looking person. And then you have Chaz Michael Michaels, who's kind of, you know, at one point, at one point he's, he's getting, Jim, he's Jim Morrison. Well, he's getting out of the shower. He's, he's Jim Morrison, like, l- like late Jim Morrison with the beard. Yeah. <laughs> Minus the beard in the movie. Yeah. But there's a part where he get, he's getting out of the shower and he's just got like a towel wrapped around him and a towel on his head. And he goes, you see that? That's what a skater's body really looks like. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very silly. Will, Will he's Ferrell, kind of sporting a dad bod at that point. Oh, yeah. Will Ferrell is very, um, he's very uninhibited, and that makes it so fun. I think what, I mean, one of the other things that really kind of made me like this movie so much was when it came out, 
I was like, oh, mom loves this. You know, she loves ice oh, skating. Yeah. So we took it over to mom and dad's house and we're like, mom, you got to watch this movie. And she watched it with it and she was cracking oh, up within like the, within like the first 15 minutes, she was cracking oh, yeah. up. I mean, so she got it. Yeah. And that made me like enjoy this even more. Here's someone who doesn't feel like, oh my God, I can't believe they're making fun of this sport. No, it, oh, no. they did it in a, it, they do it in a way that like, I mean, they even had people from the ice skating world in the movie. So obviously they wouldn't oh, yeah. be in a movie that was going to, they understand, yeah. like they get it. <laughs> yeah. Which also thinks, I think like makes people think like, makes it the sport cooler. Like because this movie was able to make fun of the sport in a way that in in a certain way, it almost made it seem like. Maybe these these people are cool for being for doing this. I mean, I'm trying to think. The there was a movie in the mid or early mid '90s about an ice skater. Was it the um, the one where she te- where the the rom com where she teams up with the hockey player? It's probably not that good. Moira Kelly was in a movie called The Cutting Edge mm. in '92. So yeah, 1992. That's the year that like Nancy Kerrigan was starting to get really yeah. big. Katarina Vitt, I think, was kind of on the tail end of her big career. And I'm not yeah. sure if Chrissy Yamaguchi was already skating in 92 or not. I think she may have been. I'm not um, sure. The Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan stuff, I believe, happened in 94. Again, we watched I, Tanya a couple years ago. It's been a while. But yeah, this cutting-edge movie came out right in the middle of all that. So ice skating was kind of a big deal. But yeah, it took itself a lot more seriously in a different way than yeah. Blades of Glory. This yeah. Blades of Glory is clearly a uh, a satire. <laughs> yes. Um, I think that, you know, if I was to pick my favorite character, Will Ferrell as Chad Michael Michaels is my favorite character in this movie. Um, I know it seems like the obvious choice, but I just, his lines just crack me up. Bill, Bill Hader, you know, he's, He's he's really good in this part, and he there's some funny things that happen with him, but um, he just doesn't stand out as much as Will Ferrell's character. Um, I just remembered a couple other movies that um, Will Ferrell's been in uh, that John Hader, John Hader. I was gonna say Bill Hader. No, like, not Bill. We're not Hader. talking about John Barry. Hader. <laughs> John Hader. Sorry. It's okay. Um, Bill Hader is amazing. And if okay. you're not watching Barry, yeah, get check on out it. Barry, get on it. I guess the other, I guess the only other role that he really stands out to me in, where I find him kind of really funny, and it's a movie that, again, like I watched it and I was like, oh, I don't know about this movie, and then I started watching it, and I, like every time I watch it, I laugh. Is um, when he plays Mugatu in Zoolander. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> so good. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. What I was going to say about John Hader, John Hader is, um, like, he got big because of Napoleon Dynamite, and I just did not get Napoleon Dynamite. I've like, never ever, seen Like, it. people thought it was, like, hilarious, and I just never got it. And I'll... See, that's not an endorsement for me to ever try and watch it. I, I, I just... I didn't... I, I almost felt like it was kind of making fun of him. Oh. By liking it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just couldn't get into it. But that's the I movie when, that's I the liked... movie that really kinda of put him on the map. Then he did then the only other movie I, I can think of off you know, really that stands out is this movie that he was been in. I know he's done a couple other movies. Mm. But I also know that 
um, in doing my research that he grew up um, in the Mormon Church. Oh, um, he he actually did his his mission his Mormon mission in Japan, hmm. and that's why in one of the scenes he talks to a Japanese reporter and he actually speaks fluent Japanese. Mm. <laughs> um, but also, he kind of like nixed some of the stuff that. Like some of the jokes, he was like, "I don't feel comfortable with that." Oh, on some and some of the stuff. So it is what it is, yeah. I guess. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go on a religious tirade. Yeah. You know? but I never saw Napoleon Dynamite, but I really appreciated when Hunter Pence dressed up like him for Halloween. <laughs> do you yeah. remember that? Yes, yes, I that do. Was excellent. I do. But um, um, and so Will Ferrell, your favorite, is, as Chad Michael Michaels, an ice devouring sex tornado. Um, he who also whose character also has a sensitive side. He wrote a book of poetry called "Let Me Bu- Bu- Put My Poems in You." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, so his character is certainly the most memorable for me. Like I said, it's probably been at least seven, eight years since I'd seen this movie, and ob- and I remembered most most of everything I remembered about this movie was him. So yes, it would be easy to say he's my favorite character, but you gotta respect Craig T. Nelson in this movie. Oh, he absolutely! Is so damn funny. I mean, he's really good. He's he's great. I mean, I had forgotten that Jenna Fisher was even in this movie. Oh, really? Because it had been so long, and and I mean, yeah, she's she's really good in it, mm-hmm. but the role with her and the twins is just kind of like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's important, and you know. But no, Craig T. Nelson. <sighs> yeah, he's he's he, pretty good. And I mean, these characters hated each other. They were constantly bickering. They could. They only. The only reason they got along was because he forced them to. I mean, he made them well, sleep in bunk gave, beds. He gave them the option. I mean, well, he gave them the option, but I mean, he knew that they they needed the sport. Like it was one of those things where when you see an athlete or anyone who has a really incredible talent when they're not using their talent that, you know, they feel like they're wasting their lives or whatever. So he was able to give them an opportunity to figure out how to use it again. Well, what he figured out was, (laughs) um, see if you can answer my answer this question. What is it that Jimmy and Chaz had that no other pair of skaters had? Two wieners. Twin dongs. (laughs) (laughs) Twin dongs. That's right. (laughs) Oh, man. The the scenes of them practicing... What was the name of that stunt? The something lotus? The iron lotus. The iron lotus. When they had the camera angle, like, facing up on Will Ferrell's face, but then facing down on John Hayer's face. I mean, just... That alone. And then all the mannequin heads laying mm-hmm. around the ice rink. I mean, I think they're like 50 or 60 when he was trying yeah. to practice that move. I've almost got it. Oh, my God. <laughs> it just... And then in the big skate when it has to switch. Yeah. Oh, everything I'm trying, about it. Like, for me to find my favorite scene in the movies, again, it's hard. When you it, when you like a movie, like, like as much as you, anyone does, like any movie... Um, it's hard to find like yeah. what your favorite scene is unless it totally stands out. I mean, I just so love the the opening montages like where they're introducing the two of them yeah. in their history, but because the one with, about Chaz Michael Michaels is amazing. Um, but there's a scene where after they've been they've been kicked out of ice skating and they both have they both end up with like day jobs. Chaz has 
made his way to play the evil wizard in a like ice show called um the woodland the grumplets and the woodland fairies or something like that it's totally like a knockoff disney on ice yeah and and he does like every performance drunk (laughs) (laughs) and at one point he's he's just hammered and He's got this giant head on, and they put a cam like the way they film it is they put a camera so you could see his actual face inside the head with like a microphone. Yeah. And he's like, I am a human onion. And and he throws up in 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 the helmet or in the hat. And then and then at one point he's like, Hey, this is my friend Barry. One time he told me he had a third ball. Blah! I mean, and I don't like that kind of humor, but it was so perfectly timed. Yeah. And then then he uses then he goes, Oh, here comes the encore. And, and there's times where I've like used that in real life, not about vomiting, but but like here comes the encore. And it was just Yeah. That scene I I die laughing every yeah. time. My favorite, I don't have just one favorite scene, but my favorite scenes are when they're in, like, when they're competing oh, on yeah. the ice. Like, just all of them. I can't, I can't pick a favorite one. They're I all mean, so funny. Well, I mean, I think that, like, Chaz's whole first performance when he's solo to stroke me, like, is <laughs> just so... Jimmy's whole thing is, like, technique and making sure that like you follow the choreography perfectly and, and everything and elegance where Chaz is all about like improvisation you yeah. know like he's very rebellious and and you know he, you know I'm the steak and you're the sizzle you know whatever kind yeah. of that kind of I think that one really stands out to me but I th- I really like the the performance when they do flash oh yeah that I mean, just their costumes with like the lights on them mm-hmm. and everything like that. They really take it to another level. But um, it's also because it's not the horrible Aerosmith song. I think I think because they introduced this very in, this near impossible trick, the Iron Lotus, it really brings an element of life or death. Yeah, into the movie. It's like whoever thinks of ice skating as being a life or death sport. Twin dongs. Twin dogs. So anyway, I I really enjoyed yeah. this movie. I um, I'm glad that we got to got to rewatch it. It's probably the second or third time I've watched it um, this year. Maybe this year. Like if it's on TV, <laughs> I absolutely stop and I'll just watch like ten minutes of it and I'll just be. It'll just brighten my day. I just like it. So before we move on to Jerry Maguire. I just wanted to um, do a little jibber-jabber okay, and just ask everyone who has listened to us, you know, and and if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, um, particularly, I'm going to make this easy for you. Please do us a favor and rate us, you know, leave a comment, rate us five stars and... <laughs> Um, or whatever you feel is worthy. Or five stars. And um, <laughs> 6.0, 6.0, 6.0. You know, just spread the word. Spread the word. It'd be fun. I think that uh, it'd make us feel nice. Yeah, we we love new listeners. It's great to see our um, see the comments from everybody. I mean, you know, so if you're on your podcast app, just kind of scroll up a little bit. Hit subscribe. Hit hit subscribe, and then maybe like a little higher. Hit hit the little hit the little rating one, and then (laughs) pick some stars. Hopefully, you go all the way to the right. And then um, leave a little comment like, kind of funny, or 
made my drive home nice or whatever. Yeah, that'd be great. So I'm going to throw it over to Nancy to talk about Jerry Maguire. Um, And, yeah. Go ahead. So I'm going to start by saying, well, this is our third Cameron Crowe movie. Yes. Which is great. Yeah, he does. um, He's done a great job on those first two movies we talked about. <laughs> this also this this happens to be my favorite Tom Cruise movie. It's and a tolerable Tom Cruise movie for a couple minutes of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we grew up watching Top Gun and watching Tom Cruise in the eighties be the best at whatever he was doing. And this movie is him not being the best at anything. And that initial premise is a reason why I love it. He is instantly humbled at the very beginning of the movie and has to spend the entire movie figuring himself out and rebuilding. And that in itself was a very, was a very different kind of story for him to be part of. Plus, in his entire acting career, I think he looks the best in this movie than he ever did before and after. Like, I think this is like peak attractiveness for Tom Cruise, even though he's never really been my type, but he's, I think he's pretty cute in this. And it has Renee Zellweger, and I, I think this was like her real big splash in cinema. This was before like Bridget Jones and Chicago and some other films that she's done. Has Oscar winning Cuba Gooding Jr. as Rod Tidwell and the amazing Regina King as his wife, Marcy. And Bonnie Hunt as Renee Zellweger's sister. She's incredible. And then a really cute little kid named Ray. <laughs> You're forgetting now, formerly little chubby kid, now extremely hot, according to you, Jerry O'Connell. Well, yeah. Well, Jerry O'Connell's a very minor role in this movie. But he's in this movie. Bo Bridges playing his dad. And then biggest giant jerk in the movie is a tie. Between Kelly Preston and... Uh, Jay Moore. Jay Moore. Oh, yeah. They're both disgusting assholes in this movie. But, um, so, why did we pair this movie with Blades of Glory? Well, they are both about sports. Like, on, on the surface, they're both about sports because Jerry Maguire is a sports agent. And, also, I had never n- under- knew about sports agents before watching this movie. You know, it came out in 96... I'm I'm a moderate sports follower. Matt is certainly a much bigger sports fan than I am. Much. Um, at any time of year, there's at least one or two sports that he's very interested in. In yes. fact, there'll be plenty of times we'll talk about, oh, do you watch this show? Do you watch this show? No. I watch a lot of sports. <laughs> no. I was watching the game. I was watching. The game was on. What were yeah. you doing? Why weren't you watching the game? Yeah. In fact. Uh, Fairweather fan. <laughs> in fact, in early early spring when basketball playoffs and hockey playoffs and baseball have just all start when baseball's just starting it's like it's it's a miracle we're able to squeeze in any movie watching because matt's very busy with lots of sports i've made it a priority to make sure my movies get watched so thank you very much i i definitely oh no uh, i my heart is in this oh i know (laughs) i know it is but you 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 give up a lot of other extracurricular television watching because of sports yeah 
So I like my sports. So before we dive, so so okay, so so I, so I would say I would say that as a sports fan, and if I was look watching this movie from a sports fan angle, yes, this definitely, 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 definitely it falls under the rom com kind of <laughs> kind of category. But I mean, over f- at least fifty percent of the movie involves him with negotiating. Or he's with Rod, and for the most part... Being self-involved. No. (laughs) It's always interesting when one of us really dislikes the movie, and we have to talk about it. Well, let's... Why don't you just continue and talk about all the things you love about this movie? And then I will... And I will give you open floor. Okay. (laughs) Well, I haven't... So I've seen this movie maybe four or five times. I mean, I... Because there's so much... So many things I like to watch especially in the last, like, 10, 15 years, I don't watch things over and over and over again. We did that as kids because we didn't have as much... The, the, the options of things to watch was more limited. So, really, in the last 10, 15 years, I'm not watching things more than once or twice. So I've probably seen Jerry Maguire maybe four times now. I can't remember if I saw it in the theater. Maybe I did. But I've definitely seen it a few times. Like, I own the DVD. Like, I watched it on DVD. The Cameron Crowe dialogue in this movie is fantastic. I think, I'm trying to think of, you know, what's my favorite scene? And I can't think of a single scene that I like more than another because, I mean, there's other scenes that aren't as good, like especially anything with Kelly Preston, she makes me crazy. But, I mean, I think the dialogue just, it just crackles. It's so good. Did you know the human head weighs eight pounds? (laughs) Did you know my neighbor has three bunnies? (laughs) Um, I mean, and, and each character has... A unique voice. I mean, the Tidwells have their language. Bonnie Hunt has her kind of language. I mean, it's not like an Aaron Sorkin movie or television show where every character kind of sounds like they talk the same. I mean, clearly, you and I don't speak in the same way. And people know, oh, that's Matt's style of talking. This is Nancy's style. Cameron Crowe does a great job of making everyone sound very unique. But the dialogue is just on fire in this movie. And so many great... Like, and I know you're not into romantic comedies, but this movie is full of some of the greatest lines. You know, you complete me. You had me at hello. I can't rattle them all off right now. I'm, oh, but the a non-romantic comedy line that this movie is all about, and I don't know if I've we've revealed this before or not, but I've been in accounting my whole professional life, and most of my accounting has involved accounts receivable. Show me the money. I have been saying this for 20-something years, and thank you, Rod Tidwell, for giving me that line. Um, I don't know. I, Matt is just shaking his head. He is so disapproving of this. It's too bad. I think the chemistry with R- Renee Zellweger and, J- and Tom Cruise was great. I think watching him struggle with trying to figure out, you know, I'm... I'm not. I'm a failure in my professional life right now, but I want to be there for this person. And how do I make that work? And how much can I really give of myself if I feel like I'm a total mess? And her having to say, "Look, we're, we can't just be polite for ten years." And then he kind of goes off and figures it out. And and the contrast with Jerry Maguire and Dorothy with the Tidwells is great. And, you know, even though Jerry Maguire is feeling, because he's, he's so competitive, 
feeling like, oh, wait a minute, is there something wrong with us because we're not as into PDA as the Tidwells are? What's wrong with us? And, you know, Rod is constantly kneeling him. Um, he uses his Quan. He... <laughs> The Quan, the ambassador of Quan. Um, a diff- another thing we'll I'll mention is Rod Tidwell, and something to notice at this stage in our lives, because we've both been working for many, many years, Rod Tidwell is a really disgruntled employee. We have all worked with someone like Rod Tidwell, someone who stays at a job way too long and is just super grouchy, and has been really unhappy, and instead of just finding a little bit of joy in that job, they're bitching and moaning all the damn time, and you really just want to smack them because they make people around them miserable. You know, they're constantly feeling disrespected, and why didn't I get a bigger raise, or why didn't I get that big bonus, or whatever. Because he's full of himself and thinks that he deserves more than anyone else. Well, or, but I mean, again, he's he's an athlete. Athletes are competitive, and he's he's got concerns about their future. Knows that as a football player, your um, window of your, how long you can play the sport is really really limited. True. And he was at the tail end of his career. But you know, he is a really goddamn disgruntled employee, and I, I, and Jerry Maguire has to beat him up against the head about it and said, "Look, you're not getting the offers you want." Because you're a jerk. That's not why he wasn't getting the offers he wanted. It was because he was a shrimp? It was because... Glenn Fry was an asshole to him. <laughs> he needed to play, be a team player, but not just be a team player. He also needed to play better. <laughs> I, yeah. mean, I mean, he was worried... Uh, one of my biggest problems with Rod Tidwell is just... He felt like he was way better than the stats were showing. Although, didn't they say the year before he broke in a bunch of records? Yeah, but... And those are stats? Yeah, but just because you have those stats, if you don't continue doing that, and you just live off your legacy off, off of someone else and think that someone's just going to hand you a big contract... I mean, he was in his contract year. That was the, It was the year for him to actually to perform. Yeah. Well, as someone who loves as many sports as you do, we've seen this countless times. How many times have we seen someone get signed that never really earns the money that they... It does, but I mean, a lot of contracts are based off of prior performance. Like, you're getting rewarded for... you're You're kind of getting rewarded for what you've already done. And not just what you might do. Yeah. And it, the, that's why it's hard. I mean, that's why you have agents who have to sell you. Like, yeah. look at the, look at what he did this last year. You know, he could do that for you for, but he, but he wants to get paid what he deserves, and he doesn't want to get treated like shit. I get that. I mean, as a sports fan, I, I, I understand that. And, and I've seen lots of players, you know, throughout my sports watching life. Because free agency's been around my whole life, you know, kind of be in this kind of position where, you know, they hold out, they they do whatever they can to to get as much money as possible, and there's lots of other ways for them to make money with endorsements and whatnot. But I think that's where he was getting fr- frustrated with Jerry in the movie is he felt like he was like I as a person who lives in the Bay Area. I 
hate how he would compare himself to Jerry Rice. That was okay. ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. Jerry Rice is like Jerry a Rice is he's, he's the a, goat. He is the greatest of all time yeah. at his position. Yeah. There is if anyone wants to try and argue that, yeah. you know, just walk away mm-hmm. because you're not gonna win that argument. Yeah. And I And he hated, won Dancing I, with the Stars. And he won Dancing <laughs> with the Stars. So I hate the fact that he like makes comparisons to that yeah. to him thinking like he deserves like all this money. Yeah. And Jerry Rice was not from what from what the public could see was not that kind of player. He he drops in on people's weddings. Like this <laughs> oh, is something Jerry Rice does nowadays. Yeah. Like he's it seems like he's just a generally jovial person. Or he's or or he also likes to be you know go to likes to party and like be kind of kind of put himself out there i mean yeah. he's not going in there wearing a mask so no one knows who he is he understands public relations <laughs> yes he does he understands public relations something that rod tidwell did no not no rod tidwell was very which big baby which and- made it hard for jerry to get him endorsements yep so well, and Jerry effectively lost other clients because he was having to cater to Rod Tidwell and you know yell and scream at that office, and yeah. as all the <clears throat> phone lines were hanging up on him because he couldn't get to them, and yeah, he certainly he certainly came, comes off as an unreasonable athlete. Yeah, well, I, so Rod Tidwell, I'm going to guess, will not be your favorite character. No, <laughs> no. Well, okay. So you, th- so you're kind of taking the angle of Jerry was a failure, and he, and he's trying to pick. He's being humbled by his failure. I wouldn't say failure. I would say he he has stumbled. I don't want to say like he's completely lost everything, but he's he's at he's at a low. He's definitely at a low. Like he, I'm not going to call him a loser like Avery because that's just. No. mean and unfair okay. but he's definitely he's definitely not doing the tom cruise role like this is not your typical i'm the best i'm the best fighter jet pilot i'm not the best car racer i'm not the best uh, bottle twirler bottle, like in cocktail, exactly like in cocktail. i'm not the best pool, pool player. player i'm not the best <laughs> boxer i mean he was the best for most of our you know, experience watching him from the eighties on. So for 10, 10 years after 10 years after Top Gun for him to have a completely different kind of role, it was like, ah, finally. So in forget, tr- did this come out in eight in 96, did this come out before or after eyes wide shut before, before eyes. Wide oh yeah. Shut? I think eyes wide shut was like 99 or okay. 2000, but it was, and it was it the was first movie before. that he did. It was before, and it was the first movie we did with Cameron Crowe, so it's not... Yeah, it's not Vanilla after... Vanilla Sky. Yeah, Vanilla Sky was later. Okay, because, see, see, this is my thing. The movie starts with him having this epitome and writing his mission statement. Epiphany. Right? Yeah, ep- epiphany. Epiphany, thank you. And writing his mission statement. Basically about how they need to change the way they do their job. Yeah, change the culture. Change the culture. And... Then he prints, he gets all these printouts of it done, has everyone in his office and at like this convention that they're at or whatever, mm-hmm. read it. And then he gets fired for writing it. Mm-hmm. And then he does whatever he can to kind of keep his career going. And mm-hmm. he thinks he's a failure, blah, blah, blah. Well, he panics the morning after. 
because he'd done this like in the middle of the night, went to like Kinko's at two in the morning, yeah. and then and like when he woke up the next morning, realized, oh wait a minute. So he instantly knew, but the reason why it was he, maybe but, but the reason a why wrong he, move but for his reason, career. But the reason he writes it is not because he's trying to make his career better. The reason he writes it is is because he there's like this whole montage before he like while he's writing it. The whole reason he writes it is because he's kind of having like this idea like I'm not happy. Nope. I'm I'm not happy doing this. So but and, then, and putting but then, and 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 working with players that are getting really injured. I mean, that hockey player right. who was so injured in right. the sun confronted him about it. And then it. we have to watch two hours of a movie where he's basically going back to doing what he was doing that he hated. And then at the end of the movie, he finally, you know, kind of, you know, after he's, you know, helped Rod, he's kind of, and kind of has his epiphany again because he sees Rod on the ground, you know, thinking that his one friend and one client might be hurt and he might have, ru- you know, ruined his life. Mm-hmm. Um, then he finally sees that. And then again, he's back to wait. Oh, wait, no, I was doing what I should have been doing. And it goes back to full circle. And then, oh, my God, look, I have one client and I'm happy doing that and I'm keeping him happy and I'm not me. I'm not like Mr. Hot shit like I was before. But, you know, now I actually feel like I can do something with some integrity, blah, 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 blah. OK, yeah, but see, but I, and I, I guess was- that's why I, I, I guess it's like so I'm basically watching a whole movie where I'm angry, where I'm like annoyed at the fact that, hey, this guy might have some integrity. Oh, wait, he just lost it all. Maybe by the end of this movie, he'll get it all back. Well, let's let's throw a caveat out here. Being that this movie came out 23 years ago, the, and I don't know if this is what you're getting at, the research into traumatic brain injuries hadn't really kicked in the same way it has in like the last five or six years. So watching people play football and get injured in football didn't have the same kind of impact, I feel, like it does now. Like, I don't know that many people that are rushing out to get their kids to play football. No, a lot. A lot I mean, of people. It's the, the changed. Num- there's a, the there's num- a lot of statistics show that the the numbers of people not playing football. I mean, of parents not having their kids play football because of po- possible injury is is you know is going up. A lot yeah. of parents are questioning whether to have their kids play. So and 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 um, athletes who are like um, two sport athletes are choosing less physically harmful sports even if they like like uh jeff smarja who's a pitcher mm-hmm. who, who's a pitcher he was a star wide receiver in college and he had a choice to choose between football and baseball and he chose baseball you know and and he probably made the smart move because his career is going to be a hell of a lot longer playing mm-hmm. baseball throwing a ball than it would be you know getting tackled and you don't know what your life is going to be like so your view of this movie in terms of he has this kind of crisis of conscience at the very beginning of the movie, writes this mission statement slash memo and has this deep moment of inspiration, which then Dorothy responds to. Dorothy yeah. is very, very moved by Dor- Dorothy who believes in him most of the, you know, pre, pre most of the movie. And then he sh- ultimately shits on her too. Well, so because he's too, bi- he's so, I mean, really what he could have done was say, wow, I am kind of feeding into 
a culture in sports. So he could have had this epiphany and, you know, with this culture that, you know, he's kind of like conflicted with and then just like not done it and like use those talents in some other way and like met Dorothy and I don't know. Wait, then you don't have a good premise for a movie, so maybe it's not a very good movie. <laughs> I don't know. But I think because you're not into the romance of this movie, no. that's I mean that's the other that's I, that's the whole other half of this movie. It's not just him <clears throat> rebuilding his career solely around this one guy who's had a really hard time feeling appreciated, Rod Tidwell. It's also him learning to really open up and love another person. But he couldn't even, you know what, there was, there was ways that he could have helped Rod and not been his agent and been his friend, which is ultimately what he kind of had to do. Um, but he always got clouded by this idea of what he was before. And that was just kind of, but, but his mission statement wasn't about we don't want we want to tell all athletes to stop playing sports. No, it his was mission fewer statement was clients, fewer clients, less money, less money. Yes, and that is ultimately what he chose. That's what he did. You know, he he got Rod Tidwell. He was able to get Rod Tidwell a great contract. But we see that other athletes were reaching out to him at the very end because, like, what I'm imagining happens is. After that TV interview with Rod Tidwell and who was the commentator that he was talking to that makes him Roy cry? Roy Firestein or Firestone? Roy Firestone. He, okay. had, he, he had a show on ESPN where he would make inter- athletes cry. Where he would interview people, and, and I think that was slightly exaggerated. They don't <laughs> always cry, but. You're not going to make me do it. You're not going to make me cry. Um, all these, you know, like Katarina Vitt, who we were just talking about from Blades of Glory, um, Troy Aikman, and a couple other athletes were kind of gathering around and like t- talking to him. And I think, yeah. I think the idea is he was able to sign a few others that he was yeah. able to give a lot of this very focused attention on. That and then he would focus on them, and and then again not focus on Renee Zellweger and her son. Well. It's the business they chose. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I can't. I don't know how to defend this movie. I, mean, I really, I, I really think that, like. I it. think that it you. Is, I think, like you said, you really think that the dialogue is great. There's that looks amazing. I mean, debatable. And then you really like. I think you you like the the romance in it. I mean, I will say, and I will say, and I will say this. All the asinine sports stuff aside, the moments, the good, the nice moments that he has with with Dorothy are those are the best parts of this movie to watch. Yeah, with her and her son. Yeah, like the scene after um, they go on their date and he's slept over and, and it's the next morning. <laughs> that is a great scene, and yeah. he handles it in like a very cool way. And it's yeah. like, why is why isn't he this guy yeah. the rest of the movie? Because he's yeah. not. And it's just, it doesn't seem balanced to me. Well, I'll say this too. He clearly was a person who, like they said, oh, he was great at friendship, not good at intimacy. He was a workaholic. He always was thrown him, thrown into his career. So he never had a lot of practice trying to build a solid 
romantic relationship with anybody. Well, and and his relationship it. with Dorothy was the first time. And again, he's in his mid-30s, and she says she's the oldest 26-year-old she knows. So she's young. She's not, a, you know, and it sounds like her husband had died kind of tragically. Who knows yeah. how? Um, I thought, it was it died or left him? Died. Died. No, died. Okay. But she's young, too, so it's not like anyone at that age or anyone at any age, honestly, has the answers. No, but, but I think... He I, didn't have experience <clears throat> at being in a relationship. I mean, I, I thought the relationship with him and Ray was very sweet, and I mean, like she says, you know, you really love my kid and you kind of like me, too. But when he yeah. finally realized seeing, you know... When there's, he time, see- there's times in this movie where I think he likes Ray more than her. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree as, um, yeah. Yeah. Ray is really cute. He's really, he's really sweet. Why don't you tell me who your favorite character was? I'm going to guess. I mean, I'll, I have an idea who you probably liked the most. Ray. Ray was your favorite? Ray's my favorite character. Aw, that's sweet. He has, he probably has maybe total, like, 10 minutes of screen time in this movie, maybe, because you only kind of see him a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I love watching Ray in this movie. Yeah. I mean, some people think might think he's, like, the most ridiculous part of this movie. No, he's but, really cute. But he's entertaining. He's fun to watch. And most of those scenes are with Ray are the ones where you're actually seeing, like, real-life kind of more realistic Tom Cruise. And, and I'd like to feel like that's how he is in real life and not the persona that we see him on Oprah. Is the best? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, jumping on couches. So Ray's your favorite character. Yeah. Okay. And my favorite scene is... It's one of the... God. I really like the scene where, like, with him in the car. With, with Ray and Renee Zellweger and him in the car. When she's driving him to the airport? Yes. And he's just spouting off facts? Yeah. And then, like, when you get... And then there's also the scene where, like, Ray go, gives him the hug and the kiss, oh. like, when he's leaving and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's nice, but... But, yeah, I mean, it... This was a hard rewatch for me. Um, it does not fit into your nice, concise, short movie. Uh, it doesn't, <laughs> but you know what? It didn't feel long to it me. It was longer than two hours. Yeah, it didn't feel long to me. Because I really enjoyed it, and I felt, for me, you needed to have as much of the sports footage as you did and the romance stuff. Yeah. I, it, didn't, it didn't feel too long to me. I mean, okay, so if you pick one or the other and one of them makes it a better movie because it's unbalanced, you probably have a 90-minute movie. And then it fits in your criteria. <laughs> I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't trim it. I would trim out um, Kelly Preston. She, can, she sucks. Yeah, that whole thing where she, he had like the other fiance and everything like that was was kind of rough. I mean, it's part of building his character up and everything like that. But I was just not not feeling it. So, in general, where do you if you okay? I'm going to give you four characters and you rank them in order of who your favorite to least favorite. Okay. And I already know Rod is probably your least favorite character, so I'm not even going to throw him in there. So, Ray, mm-hmm. Dorothy, mm-hmm. Laurel. And Jerry Maguire. In that order. Okay. In that order. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you, you liked Renee Zellweger in this movie then? 
Yeah, I thought she was fine. I thought I I thought that she was a good character, and I thought yeah. she was fine. I thought she, I liked how she she ended the relationship because she actually knows who the hell she is. Yeah. Whereas, and and you know maybe it was very, um, it was very, like the whole like wedding thing with them. And, and oh, that was a whole other thing I want to bring up. Go ahead. And, and like Rod and like Rod being like you didn't have the, you didn't have the talk with her, did you? Just kind of goes and shows like shows like how Jerry is just he's just not in his right mind. He's just going with with the flow at that point. And then for her to say yes, let's get married like she's she's like on a path of like I'm doing what's right for myself my son and for myself by taking the other job yeah. like not being a burden on Jerry yeah. Jerry can get his shit together he, they're not breaking up she's yeah. just moving yeah. and for him to be like let's get married like totally knowing yeah. that that will manipulate her enough because he just heard her say like how that she's in love she with him, him. <clears throat> like and this that aspect of it just like I don't know from- how I don't know how she could have had that conversation in the kitchen with him still there. Oh. That would that that was crazy. I don't know. So Europeans and Canadians wouldn't understand this movie. You know why? Why? Because they have socialized medicine. <laughs> True. No one it, no one would ever have to get married for health care. Well, and I didn't think that that was the whole reason. I thought the whole reason. He said, I know a way we can save on medical expenses and rent. Let's get married. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. If health care was a right in the United States, a huge part of this movie wouldn't even, a a huge um, motivation for this movie wouldn't even be there. So you're saying that. If Bernie Sanders was. Medicare for all could have cured this movie being made and me having to see it. I'm all for it. <laughs> it certainly presented a conflict. I, I, I'm gonna I'm, okay. So so I think I've bashed this movie a lot and or, yeah, or given you a lot of shit for it. But I'm gonna, I, I will give you some positives on it. Uh, there's really good music in this movie. Oh yeah, it's and you, got a you good gotta soundtrack. tell me you have sung "Free Fallen" in the car like he did. Oh no, no, that's no, not, no. That's not really my. Absolute favorite Tom Petty song. There's a song, there's at least one Tom Petty song that you sung at the top oh, of your yeah. lungs like that in the car. Oh okay, yeah, thank you. I could. Do you want me to name them or? No, you don't have to. Okay, um, and lots of music street cred is in this movie. Uh, Glenn Fry. Oh yeah. Of the Eagles and solo fame is uh, the GM for the team that Rod plays for. Uh, Jan Wenner, who was. Um, Founder of Rolling Stone magazine, who was Cameron Crowe's boss at one point, plays one of the head guys at the agency mm-hmm. that the firm that that he gets fired from. And you see shots of him like up up oh, shots on the stairwell. That's him standing that's upstairs. Warner. Okay, um, no lines though. I don't think when he goes to the copy place to. Um, print out his mission statement. The guy helping him is Jerry Cantrell from Alice in Chains. Got it. Um, he the long hair? Yes, from Seattle. So mm-hmm. he was in, I don't think he, he, the band played in singles. So Got it. How he knows him. Not music related, but I will do this. Eric Stoltz makes his Cameron Crowe appearance, yes. which I don't know if that pattern had, when that had stopped. If it stops with this movie, or if it happens in Vanilla Sky, he wasn't in Elizabeth- Almost Famous, right? 
No. Okay. He definitely isn't in Almost Famous, and I don't know if he's in, like, Elizabethtown. I can't remember all of Cameron Crowe's movies at this time, but he makes his Cameron Crowe appearance because he was in Singles and as the anything. Mime, and he was in Say Anything. Yeah. Um, the other thing is um, he has – so that I wanted to point out is when – and maybe this might be one of my other – favorite scenes because it's very real i think in that renee zellweger comes to life and it like really shows like how smart she is when she breaks up with him mm. he says to her i don't run i stick and immediately i was like bullshit tom cruise there are montages online of you running in every freaking movie <laughs> he runs in every and, he and runs then and, and then later in. he runs when yeah. rod gets yeah. you know we think he gets hurt and he's running and i was like oh there he is now yep. he's running he runs in everything he's especially been running in like the last 15 20 years yeah so yeah. i mean go online <laughs> youtube tom cruise running and montages of him running. So yeah. bullshit, Tom Cruise. You do run. <laughs> I'm not sure if Jerry Maguire is my favorite character or not. He might be. He better not be. Well, Dorothy is wonderful. Dorothy's wonderful. I love her a lot. If and you, I love Bonnie Hunt in this movie. If you don't Bonnie say, Hunt, if you don't say, any. Ray or any of the three leading ladies in this movie who well, are Regina King. Regina yeah, King. Yeah. Regina King, while she's, I, she's kind of like her character is kind of kind of over the top, I think, in some ways maybe, but she is so good as Rod's wife. Oh yeah. And um you know, she always, she's like, I'm pregnant, so I'm emotional, whatever whatever. She was great. Yeah, she's great. So you are you either have to say Ray, Dorothy, or I can't remember. Laurel, Laurel, Laurel or Marcy. Marcy. I think I'll I don't say, know about I Laurel. I'll, I don't know about Laurel. You don't like Bonnie Hunt? I don't dislike her, but I wouldn't put her as like. One I think of I'll say characters. Dorothy then. I mean, I like Ray a lot too, but his scream time is so limited. I mean, so we're Dor- saying, um, so we're saying that Ray and Dorothy are our favorite characters. So a whole movie about Dorothy and, and Ray probably would have been a better movie, and it wouldn't but, be called The Room. But Matt, <laughs> um, again, I think because we were inundated with so much Tom Cruise growing up. Yes. That this movie was such a turn, was such a, a different kind of movie. I think I finally was like, oh, thank you. This is your favorite Tom Cruise movie? Absolutely. Yes. It's definitely my favorite Tom Cruise movie. And I like other Tom Cruise movies, but this is definitely my favorite one. I would, I would He's agree. He's very, with- very charming in this. Yeah, I mean, he has like his... There, he has like his action movies, you mm-hmm. know, Top Gun, the, all the Mission Impossibles, Jack Edge Reacher, of Edge of Tomorrow, which I I actually Edge like. Of Edge, Edge of Tomorrow is great. I actually really I do. That's probably of the last fifteen years my favorite one. But Jack he, pointed out that that is also a movie where he's knocked down from being really great at something and having to kind of start over in a humble way. Multiple times he starts over. <laughs> Live, die, repeat. Yeah. But then, um, but then he has like movies where he tries to do more something more artistic, and I think that like this might me, this could be like one of those movies, um, Vanilla Sky, which I do not, odd. I do not like that. Movie. Yeah, I'm not really yeah. into it. 
And then um, probably probably the one that stands out the most for me is Magnolia. Yeah. And his character in that, like, you're, you're supposed to hate him in that. Yeah. So. He's... I mean, can we can we can we agree that like while like for our movie watching generation, he is one of those superstars where everyone just thinks like, oh, if Tom Cruise is in it, it's gonna it's gonna be gold. But you and I are like, I don't know about that. I mean, I don't rush out to see his movies. No. I mean, we'll eventually talk about this because of movies coming out next summer. But Matt and I did see Top Gun in the theater. We did. We saw it, you know, within a few week or two of when it opened. Yeah. Um, but that's like the Tom Cruise I remember most of the time is is Maverick. I will. God, he's so such you, a cocky asshole in that movie. I'll, I'll I'll tell you this: if I were to say what my favorite Tom Cruise movies are, um, the first one I'll say not like the it as my favorite, but the first one I'll say is The Outsiders, and you barely see him in it. Yeah, he's a minor, minor par- character. Character in that. But I like Risky Business. I have not seen it. Oh. Put it on our list. Okay. Why are we having this conversation? <laughs> what What the hell? Uh, so, so you are making me watch Jerry Maguire, and you haven't seen Risky Business? Nope. Guess what we'll be watching at some point, folks. Oh God. I mean, I'm not going to put Risky Business on my list. I think you should. No, I'm not going to, I mean, we don't have it's to It's your favorite Tom Cruise movie. But that doesn't mean I have to put it on a list that where I, I it but then I'll get a chance my to, life. I'll have a chance to watch Maybe you should just watch it. Then Maybe you should just watch it and do an addendum to this podcast and be like, I don't know why I was wasting everyone's time with Jerry Maguire when you well, could I'll have been talking you, about Risky I've seen, Business. I've seen, I've seen <laughs> enough of Risky Business to still know that I think Tom Cruise looks his best in Jerry Maguire than he ever did before. He's very young. Yeah, like He's much younger in Risky Business. Uh, yeah, because it's like... 14, 15 years before. Yeah. But, um, and he doesn't have like the, he doesn't have like his fancy, like slicky haircut or anything like that. But, but he's sliding around in his socks and underwear. That is like so minor. That is so minor in that movie. The fact that like that whole scene gets other is just to sell tickets and it's so minor in that movie. I mean, if, if you're going to do that, you could have, you might, if they wanted to sell tickets, they could either have like him slide in his socks or his underwear or naked Rebecca De Mornay. Uh, one of those two would have sold more tickets, but they didn't do that. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So Outsiders, Whiskey Business. Yeah, that's it. Outsiders. And I, Cocktail's I, not going to be on your list? Uh, I'm not a huge fan of cocktail. I, I've, I've grown to appreciate pro- cocktail a lot. I, I, will, I will say this. Over the years. I will say this. I probably haven't watched any or all of cocktail in 20 years, but I remember not being that into it. But then again, I was like, there's, mm-hmm. there's some great things about that movie, which we may talk about at some point. Uh, we may have to do another Tom Cruise episode, but, um, I cocktail and risky uh, business. We'll have to do it sometime. But you know, we've talked about, um, before like eighties movies that are action oriented, you know, because like, of that time, like the Reagan era and everything like mm-hmm. that, there was lots of military mm-hmm. kind of movies. We, you and I have, if, oh, either yeah. on the podcast or off, you know, yeah. offline, you and I have talked about yeah. like that. There's like an ad for the Air <clears throat> Force in the middle of Top Gun. Well, the, to- the well, whole and, movie. and you know, that is the whole movie, but like Top Gun to me is, I, I kind of like that movie. It's yeah, not, I mean, I don't dislike it. I mean, I mean and again, you know, if, you know, he's playing kind of an arrogant ass that, you know, has to get humbled. Oh, wait, his friend dies and, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean. You know, it's, it's, it's but, 
I can't because I grew up with watching that and we saw it in the theater and everything like that. I think probably have a I have a small soft spot for that. But it goes like Top Gun, then like a huge gap. Outsiders Whiskey Business. Okay. And then so Jerry Maguire's nowhere on there. No, no, I'm not. I mean, I didn't see this movie in the theater. I think I only watched it because uh, my wife wanted, like, was like, "Hey, I like this movie," and we watched it. And I was kind of like, oh, "Okay," and I watched it, and I watched it this time. I, I know, like, I know from firsthand that she really likes this movie. I know she does, and lots of people do. I, I'm not saying that <laughs> I am the end all be all everyone must like only the movies i like thank that, god right i yeah. mean no one everyone should have their no, own everyone opinion. should have their own opinion on shit um especially since you kind of categorically hate all romantic comedies not all of them I, all I, but one or two right uh, probably there's probably there's probably 10 there's probably 10 of the like hundreds of them thousands of them matt 10 yeah. I mean, uh, Barefoot in the Park. That's a great movie. Have you ever seen that? Mm, I can't remember. Robert Redford and Jane Fonda. I'm not sure if I've They're seen living that. in an apartment. That's a, that's a fun movie. And um, that's the first one that came off the top of my head right now. But, you know, Barefoot in the Park. And uh, what's another one I like? Um, well, I don't want you to hurt yourself trying to think of this. Man, we'll my head might this. explode. We'll save this for another conversation. I would say Wedding Singer is a romantic comedy. That's mm. also a nostalgia mm. movie, though. That's that's <clears> a, that's a that's a parody of the eighties. You know what's funny though is the I love that, that movie. The things too. that are funny in in that movie mm-hmm. to me aren't the parody parts of it. I just see that movie as a movie that takes place in the eighties. Yeah, but that's not how it was really yeah. well, made or marketed. But it's probably the only Adam Sandler movie I like. So. Justified. I mean, I mean, do you like more Adam Sandler movies or more Tom Cruise movies? Oh, I like more Tom Cruise movies <laughs> for sure, for sure. So yeah. So we have so we have decided that yeah, Ray and Dorothy. Yeah, Dorothy. Yeah, and Dorothy. you don't have a best scene. Um, I think overall I like the romantic scenes more. So you can say. The scene in the office where she's, you know, choosing to leave with him, I think is great. Um, their date, oh my God. Like, everything about their date from, like, that whole 10-minute segment um, of him of her walking in and him saying, that's not a dress, that's an Aubrey Hepburn movie. Yeah. And with his interactions with Ray and then them, <laughs> then Secret Garden playing as they're going out to the car. Just, like, that whole 10, 15-minute segment, I just think is so good. And then... Yeah. Um, I'll give. I'll, I'll say like that was one of the more entertaining parts of the movie. And then the very end, you know, when he finally realizes that he wants to be with her, and he runs. You know, the shot of him running after Rod is okay, running through the airport to get to her, yeah. and then him giving his big romantic speech, the hello. and blah blah blah, and then she's like, "The you complete you- me that he ripped off from the deaf couple." No, but it was special. It was special because ah, I get it. I know because he'd already I asked understand. her. I understand. He'd already mass. said to her it. when she was wanted divorce, and she, he's like, "What do you want, my soul?" And she's like, uh, "Yeah, I deserve at least that." And then he finally is able to bear his soul to her and give him that, give her that. Ah, oh, yeah, so romantic. Yeah, I think that the I think that one thing that you have that that we have kind of nailed down in this movie is that 
of a movie that is on this episode because of sports. The sports part of this movie is the least tolerable part for me in this movie. And the rom-com part, which you would think would not be part of the thing I like, is probably the more more watchable part of the movie for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you think about it, part of part of his whole mission statement is that there's there's something wrong with the sports culture. Well, and so we get to see lots of reasons why he's right. Yeah. Well, and I think that I think that, you know, the whole publishing that thing was mm-hmm. also kind of his ego, you know, to be like, yeah, I'm going to make copies of this. I'm going to give it to everybody and everyone's going to listen to me. It's like, well, maybe you're just kind of saying these things and maybe you shouldn't print them out. Like, write it up. That's cool. I mean, write like an it angry out. letter. You write an angry letter, <clears throat> but you, like, leave it in a drawer and don't send it and see if you can cool off a couple days well, later. Well, and, and maybe it was. it's more like a letter to himself. Yeah. Like, keep it as, like, a letter to yourself and be, like, as a reminder, like, I am not happy doing what I'm doing right now, the way I'm doing it, at least. I'm How not- can I change my life? And he didn't have to. He didn't have to give it out. He didn't have to get fired. He could have, like... You know, went off like rode off on his horse in the sunset, you know, kind of thing. But then you don't also have the movie. I get it. Yeah. But it wasn't. If we're looking at the character, he didn't really handle that. His whole, you know, realization of how unhappy he was. He didn't really handle that very well because, again, his ego got in the way. Well, I think again because. He was in such an insanely competitive environment. And not just because it's sports, but just he says, like, we're, we're, in, we're in this world of fierce competition. Mm-hmm. So, because think about it. Okay, so let's say he did write that mission statement and he just kept it to himself. And then he tried to implement the mission statement for just himself. He would have eventually gotten fired because if he was really oh, yeah. trying to reason, cut back and that's spend the whole more reason time, he got fired anyway is because well, he, he didn't fired. want he didn't want to get anyone he didn't want to give anyone the perception like that was a good idea and it would take down the agency. I'm just saying he got fired because he was outed. But if he could have kept it all to himself and then just started to modify his behavior over time, he still probably would have gotten fired because he wouldn't have wanted to be the same cutthroat asshole that everyone else at that agency was. Yeah. So there wasn't really any practical way for him to put into practice this grand mission statement no, that he came but, up with. <clears throat> no, but he could have at that point found a way out. I mean, he could have still But he didn't know what else to do. He'd been doing his whole professional career. Well, since his like early 20s. He built that office. Well, he, he built that he built that company. Well, really just kind of needed to kind of he could have very easily just been like I don't want to do this anymore and you know gone on his own anyway and people would have probably respected him for that he would have had to start over but he could have done which it his he own had to way do anyways. which he had to do anyways and he could have gone his own way instead of get you know doing that and getting fired i mean i think people kind of have i mean it's hard. I've never, 
I've never put myself in a situation to like quit a job and with no plan. Well, not just not necessarily not just that, but just like with this idea, like wow, I really have. I really got to do something else mm-hmm. and go out. Like, yeah, you're not li- you're not fulfilling your your dream career or whatever. <clears throat> well, it's not just that. It's just that. I mean, I like what I do, but the idea. I mean, he could have. He kind of beca- like you said. He built the company. Mm-hmm. He could have very easily been like, you know what? I've I've kind of done what I need to do here. And I'm going to go start and do something else. No offense to you guys. I'm just going to go on my own. On my own. And yeah, we'll be competitors or whatnot. But kind of want to do it. Do my own thing now. You good. Good luck to you guys. And he might have been successful. Maybe he wouldn't have been. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, if you go out that way, at least like you're kind of saving face, and you get st- you still have your street cred and yeah. whatnot. But. I mean. You don't have Jay Moore trying to you know, like fuck you in the ass the whole movie. Jay I don't Moore think I've ever. I don't think I've ever liked him in anything. I can't even think. I can't think of anything he's been in that I was like, oh wow, great. Jay Moore's in this. He's so cool. Yeah. I don't think I have, but he's really horrible in this movie. Yeah, he's well, such a jerk. Not every MTV VJ can you know <laughs> launch their career into into the Daily Show or whatever. Oh my god! You know, talk about. I think. Uh, I think as a person, I think I've, he kind of rubs me the wrong way in his own real life anyway. No, I don't really know anything about him. I think he's kind of red. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, well, I mean, you know, we, we, we've really dug into trying to understand you, you trying to make me explain why I like this movie and you explaining why you really don't like it. Yeah. Sorry. No, I mean, you don't have to apologize. I mean, again, I enjoyed rewatching it. In fact, I'd forgotten just how much I really liked it. Well, I'm glad you got to rekindle your love for Jerry Maguire. Mm Mm-hmm. I may watch it again. Yeah. Even with my busy TV schedule, I'm I'm actively doing an office rewatch, which I'd never done before, so it's been fun. How's that going? I just started the third season. Good for you. (laughs) You know what you could have been doing instead of um, watching The Office for a third season? Hmm. Or getting to the third season? Hmm. You could have rewatched Lost Highway, and that would have been way more worth your time. No, I'm just kidding. The Office is great. No, I have I have other David Fincher projects I need to do first. Me, David Lynch. David, David Lynch. Lynch. David and Lynch. David Fincher. Watch them both. They're David, both David great. David Fincher is great. David Lynch... Is great. I need to he learn. Just won, he just won a I'm gonna, special award. Like I said, when I think I think the show all the all, film academy just gave him a special award. Nice. I think I'm going to move over <clears throat> to Twin Peaks when I'm done doing my office rewatch, so I can finally like dip my toe in to something that's not so weird. You're welcome to watch it with me anytime. Cool. <laughs> what episode are you on? I'll just put it on any random episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Well, um, I think that this... Do you feel like you've been tackled? Do you feel like you've been knocked out in the end zone? No, because do I Do you can need always, to hear the always, crowd cheering to wake you up? No, because so I can... So you can do your touchdown dance? No, because I can always go put on Blades of Glory and make myself feel better. <laughs> Such a great movie. You can do triple sow cow. You can do some Iron Lotuses later. Question. Tom Cruise is not cast in this movie, and John Cusack is. 
Do you li- do I like or you like Jerry Maguire better? You know what? I kind of feel like John Cusack and High Fidelity was kind of a Tom Cruise ish role in the Very, sense that yeah, I, no, in the I, sense I, of I see that in the sense of his cockiness because he was he was a challenge in that movie. Well, he had he that challenge in High Fidelity. He had his music elitism. Oh, <laughs> speaking of High Fidelity and Jerry Maguire. The um, oh oh yes, Dick is the is the is the, is the au pair is the is the, the au pair is the preferred term. Uh, yes, yes, the Manny, the, the Manny, <laughs> yes, yes. So so, I probably maybe I would have liked this movie more. It wasn't Tom Cruise and it was John Cusack, but you're right. You know there are parallels. You know him kind of having his career and having some unhappiness, and it being kind of a movie about music and a rom com. You know, there you go. There you go. There you go. So, boom, John Cusack can tell us about that someday. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to us. Can you know compare notes on Jerry Maguire and, and Blades of Glory and Blades of Glory? Blades of Glory, definitely watch that. That's amazing. Jerry Maguire. Yeah. You, you up to your discretion. Even, oh, you've heard it from her. She picked the movie, and now no. she's saying discretion. I mean, Blades of Glory. I'm telling you, go watch this movie, and hey. she's giving you discretion on on Jerry Maguire. I think she. He I just think wants she's, to argue with me. She just wants to buckle. He just wants to argue. <laughs> I'm, I'm validating his feelings, and he's arguing with me. Thanks. Thanks for agreeing with me. <laughs> we are such brother and sister. <laughs> I am a human onion. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. It's mind bottling. -bottling. Your thoughts are so crazy, they can't be trapped in a bottle or however you described it. I am never satisfied, it is a curse. (laughs) Okay, folks, we've reached a peak silliness here. My name is Nancy. My name is Matthew. This is Fighting Over the VCR. Thank you. (laughs) 